Are you ready to become toxic person proof? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah and I'm here with Anissa Hudak, who loves talking about trauma and PTSD, which is obviously a very difficult subject, Um, but she has had a life that's been entwined with PTSD and trauma. She is the daughter of a Vietnam veteran and married someone who was in active duty. So it has been even recent events, I'm sure, have been really um, difficult on you and your family. And she loves helping focus on holistic treatments for soldiers, family members, and staff, uh, both in the work of overcoming her own struggles as well as helping other people. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I, I laugh. The people on the podcast won't be able to see you like kind of laughing and shaking your head when I said you love talking about trauma and PTSD. But but we do try to tackle tough subjects with grace. And you've certainly had some tough subjects in your own life, right? I have. And, you know, the reason I was laughing is because I enjoy talking about it so much because people really don't know what trauma and PTSD really is. And so when I get to talk about it and, you know, the light bulb goes on for folks, to me, that is just so amazing. Um, And I love it. I love sharing this information because of that. So how do you define trauma and PTSD? Well, You know, anybody can have PTSD. Anyone can experience trauma. It is not just a soldier. And um, a lot of people think that, you know, they have to be in a war zone to have experienced trauma. No, Um, anyone. And it's really very, very individual. So let's say, for instance, you and I are in a car accident together and you walk away uh, and you're okay. I walk away and I have PTSD. How could that possibly happen? We experienced the same event, but we didn't. There are so many things that go into trauma and PTSD. You know, what was my stress level prior to the accident? What was my upbringing, my childhood prior to this event? You know, all kinds of different things. You know, people say that they're traumatized by clown. And then some people laugh at, you know, other people laugh at them. It is so individual and there's nothing wrong with it. If, if you're traumatized by clowns, that's okay. That's your thing. I mean, people witness murders and, and have been raped and all of these different things. These are traumatizing events. And yet it's based also on not only the event itself, but like I said, what was your stress level prior to the accident moments before? What was your childhood like? What was your upbringing like? And various other things, you know, where are you in your health? You know, mm-hmm. how are you physically? So all of these things play a part in it. And so it's very, very individual. Well, that brings up a really great point in, in my own life personally, as everyone has had a crazy last year, you know, and along with COVID, there have been other circumstances in my life that have had great good stress and great bad stress. Like great is in a lot of it, you know, it's just some different things that have happened. And I am personally in a season where I'm trying to hit the reset button, make sure I'm not addicted to those cortisol levels of fight and flight and get back into rest and reset myself. Um, I certainly... I wasn't at war, but I felt like I have been in war and not to minimize the war circumstance. There were just kind of life event after life event after life event, including hospitalizations and and different things with people in my life and hitting that reset button so that if something else bumps up, 
I'm not a good framework to handle it. So maybe something is like, oh, that was really bad that happened versus that's traumatic what happened, whatever the next event is that life brings me. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Exactly. Yeah. So important for our listeners who wonder if they can do anything to prevent themselves from trauma because there are certain life circumstances we cannot control, but learning to control our nervous system to prepare ourselves for those life circumstances is something you're saying we can start to control. Is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. You know, when we're in some sort of a traumatic event, it is when our power is taken away, when our control is taken away. And so we not only need to hit that reset button and gain that control back, um, but there's also, you know, physical things that happen in the body at that moment that we really do need to hit that reset button. We have to reset the central nervous system. It's vitally important. And when that does not happen, that is when we have PTSD. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about yoga. I'm a yoga advocate for sure. I'm not a certified yoga instructor, but Krista Tippett has a quote that says, apart from anything else in my life, I think yoga saved it or something along those lines, just talking about the the healing power of yoga. And interestingly enough, I hardly ever meet someone who is not a really trauma-informed individual who isn't also certified in yoga. It's fascinating the power of yoga to heal some of these things, right? Yes, it's really amazing. And I will wholeheartedly say my yoga mat saved my life. It was my lifeline. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, I know for my own life, my answer is why, but and you actually match my yoga mat. What the outfit you have on right now is actually what my yoga mat looks like. Uh, this is mine too, actually. That's really funny. Um, yeah. Um, why? My yoga mat is my absolute best friend. It is my confidant. I can tell my yoga mat anything. It doesn't judge me. It doesn't tell anyone. It can stay right there. You know, I actually, I had surgery at one point and I took my yoga mat with me and my husband was like, um, you know, you're not going to be on the mat for like three months. Uh, why are you taking your mat? I said, because it's my best friend. I'm like Linus. Like I need to have my mat with me. Uh Um, I I am so connected with my mat. You know, I can lay on my mat and have a good cry. And that is still considered yoga because yoga is about releasing. There are days when I get on that mat and I'm pounding it out and I have a great, you know, physical workout. There are days when I'm moving slowly and through stillness and I'm working my mind as maybe not so much my body. There's so many things, you know, your mat helps you create boundaries because it's just this small piece of real estate that your body goes on. And so it helps you create boundaries, not only physically in your life, but also you know, emotionally and mentally, you know, it is, it was my lifeline. Well, I love that. And you described several different versions of yoga in my own life. When I had to do, have the opportunity to do yin, there were times where the yoga instructor would tell me to freeze, which brought up things in my body from other times in my life that I couldn't move, right? Which I'm sure you're familiar with. And someone had physically restrained me so that I couldn't move. And then I was doing yin, which means holding these poses out for a long time. And the yoga instructor told me not to move. And I just kept saying, she's nice. She's nice. I'm safe. She's nice. I'm safe. (laughs) 
but it was a huge mental release for me in going through that process. You know, there are diff- so many different types of yoga. And I, I liken this to like yoga is a big old pie. Mm-hmm. And if you split it in half on one side, you have the fitness based yoga. And so you, you know, you have your Bikram and you have Ashtanga and all of these wonderful, I mean, aerial yoga and all of these fun things, right? And you can get such an amazing workout and really work your body. And then on the other side, we have yoga therapy and yoga therapy is, you know, we we all have specialties. Mine happens to be PTSD, trauma, and TBIs, traumatic brain injuries. Some people do yoga therapy for cancer, Mm -hmm. cardiac rehab, um, MS, Parkinson's, all of these things. And, And we're specially trained to really work within those niches. We are working physical things. We are working emotional, mental things. Are you going to have emotional and mental things on the other side? Absolutely. Through fitness space. Yes. But I think one of the really important things is you need to really find a yoga, a type of yoga that meets your need. If you have PTSD and trauma and you're you're wanting to go do yoga, you may not want to go to a fitness-based class. That instructor, although probably well-trained in what she or he does, probably doesn't have the background, additional you know, education that someone like a yoga therapist would have. If you have some sort of an emotional release or a trigger on the mat, you know, that could be harmful to you, harmful to those in the class. And in order to keep everyone safe, you really should find a yoga class that meets your need. And that's really important. I don't want to see anybody get kicked out of a class because the instructor has no idea what's going on. And this person's having a disturbance or creating a disturbance. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. really important. So yoga is helpful after sexual trauma too, right? Yes. Yeah. Is it getting back in touch with your body? Why is that so important? Oh, it's so important on many, many levels. It's like an onion. There's so many layers. So I'm a two-time rape survivor and I utilize this um, not only to help me with my own recovery um, and my healing, but with others. And it's just so amazing. You know, for some folks, it is reconnecting the body and the brain. For some people, it's really kind of welcoming them back into their body after they've had this experience. All kinds of different things. It really, again, we could talk for hours on that. Yeah. Where do you suggest someone get started after they find, I mean, I'm guessing finding someone who can help them with their individual yoga needs, whether it be, uh, you know, what type of trauma or PTSD. Um, And where do you start after that? Well, there's an organization that we belong to as yoga therapists. It's IAYT, International Association of Yoga Therapists. And if you have a specific need, I would totally direct you there. I mean, you know, there are therapists for diabetes. And when I say therapists, our whole scope of practice is utilizing yoga to help you, you know, create a healing, Mm -hmm. whether that's around PTSD, whether it's with diabetes or cardiac rehab or whatever. However, some of us may, but most of us are not talk therapists. We are not therapists. Can we listen? Absolutely. We're humans. However, we're not going to have a talk session per se. Our whole scope of practice is, you know, for me, getting that trauma out of your body, Mm -hmm. helping your body uh, recover from cancer or, you know, a cardiac incident or whatever it is. So please understand, you know, we're not necessarily talk therapists. There are some yoga therapists who are social workers and what have you, but not all of us. Um, So I would suggest going there, finding someone who meets your needs, and then trying them out. Mm -hmm. Just because you find one person doesn't mean that they're the end all. I think your yoga experience and really what you get out of it has a lot to do with who's leading the class. 
And so try different people. See, you know, who resonates with you. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. You need to meet your needs. Mm-hmm. So what are some top needs that you see with uh, people who start yoga? Is it mainly to relax, mainly to exercise? Uh, you know, what are some different areas that... Even though I would say, I know, I think yoga can solve all the problems, but, uh, you know, the, someone's like, I remember being very resistant to starting yoga. I did very difficult workouts all the time and felt like it was a waste of time, which is quite funny to people who know me at this version of my life. But, you know, 10 years ago, I would have said, I don't have time to do yoga. What would you say to that person? I love this. When I was working on Fort Riley with the soldiers at the Warrior Transition Battalion, you know, we would have these big burly guys come in and they're like, oh, we're going to like stretch a little and then we're going to take a nap and this is like ballet and, you know, whatever. And, you know, we'd go through the class and afterwards they would very quietly come up to me and say, "Uh, ma'am, I feel better than I have. And I can't tell you how long. I'll see you again next week. Okay. And they would come back week after week after. And then they would start bringing their buddies. Dude, you got to try this. This is amazing. You're never going to feel better. Oh my gosh. You know, and I I think it's, you know, the experiencing is believing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I have lots of people who say, I can't do yoga because I'm not flexible. Mm-hmm. And I keep, you know, I, I say to them, well, if you go to the gym and you start lifting weights, are you lifting weights because you're not strong and you want to become strong? So you should do yoga to become more flexible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. We don't expect you to be flexible when you start. Right. <laughs> you're not. And the beauty of this is and, and what people don't realize is that, you know, they see it as a form of exercise. They know it has something to do with your head. You know, it it makes you calm, whatever that inflexibility, when you learn and and you start to become more flexible in your body that carries off the mat into your life and you become more flexible in your life, in your connections with others and things that you're doing. And it's so amazing how that happens. I I don't know how it happens. I wish it's like magic. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, we're working the body. Yeah. And we are working the brain. And and when people start to live their yoga off the mat, that's when the magic really happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Agree completely. Now, most of our PTSD and trauma work comes from work with soldiers, right? Isn't that kind of the front runner typically of what we learn about trauma? Well, again, I think that people think that, yeah, that, you know, soldiers, the PTSD, that's where we're working, but all of us have PTSD. We can't live mm-hmm. this human existence without having some amount of PTSD. I have actually, I'm no longer really working with soldiers anymore. I'm actually working with women who um, specifically have been sexually traumatized. I walk the walk every day. I really kind of know, you know, what the needs are. And um, I love working with these women. I love seeing them have a light bulb moment on the mat. It's just, it's amazing. And that's what it's all about. So after a sexual trauma or a war trauma or any type of trauma, you see disassociation, right? Is that something you see with your clients? Absolutely. Why don't you describe what that is for people? Um, 
Well, I can tell you that my husband would disassociate when he was having um, issues with his PTSD. And it was the most frightening thing because I would look at him and his eyes were completely vacant. It would sound like him. It would look like him, but it wouldn't move like him. The words Mm -hmm. that he said, even his cadence of speech had changed. He was not present in his own body. And it was the most frightening thing because I did not know what this other person who he was or what he was capable of. And that is disassociation. When you are not present in your own body. What does that look like after sexual abuse? You know, disassociation really shows up a lot of different ways. Um, Some people become wallflowers, um, especially ones who were um, maybe gregarious and bubbly and lively before. Some folks put on a lot of weight. Uh, Some folks are angry with their body. And so they, um, you know, cutting drugs, alcohol, you know, lack of self-care. Some go on to prostitution, which I know sounds kind of odd. However, there's, again, this whole, they're not really in their body. And so they don't care. You know, there's so many ways that it shows up, unfortunately. What I generally see, though, is uh, weight gain. A lot of uh, drug abuse, alcohol abuse. Sometimes it's food abuse, things like that. So when they start their transformation journey into yoga and into feeling safe in their body again, what does that look like? For me, when I, you know, as a fly on the wall, as I'm, I'm watching these folks, you know, generally more interaction with other people, smiling more. Sometimes they change their clothing. Sometimes, you know, they use all of these clothes and, and heavy baggy things to, again, become a wallflower, not to be so much of a target. And then all of a sudden you start to see them wearing maybe more form-fitting clothing, maybe color. Mm-hmm. A lot of people go to just gray and black and um, you know, and then all of a sudden they start wearing color again. They start wearing makeup. Um, they start doing their hair again. They might get a new hairdo. Um, so it's all things like that. These are the physical manifestations of healing, if you will. But it's the it's all going on, you know, here in the the mind. So if there was one piece of advice you could give everyone, you were broadcast to the entire world for one minute. What would you say? Giving up is not an option. There's more than one way to skin a cat, which I don't know why they say that. Why they say that phrase, but I agree, yes. You know, if you've tried something and it didn't work, try something else or try the same thing with someone else or, you know, try it again. Just because you tried something and it didn't work, you are a different person three months, six months, eight months. 12 months down the road, you're in a different part of your healing journey. And so just because it didn't work at one point, doesn't mean it won't work again at a different point. So keep trying things, even if they don't seem to really work for you, but giving up is not an option. I love that. And Nissa, tell people where they can find more out about you. Well, I'm kind of like a bad penny. I just show up all over uh, the internet. You can reach me at traumahealingyoga.com. If you have your cell phone handy, um, go to wherever it is you get your apps and you can type in trauma. Trauma Healing Yoga. And I have an app. There's always a free gift waiting there for you. It's a wonderful body scan, which is a type of meditation. We've got free Facebook groups. Just head to the website and or to the app and you'll get connected, you know, everywhere. I'm on Instagram. I'm, you know, I'm a bad penny. I just keep showing up. Awesome, Anissa. Thank you for helping us on our journey to becoming toxic person proof. If you have been listening to the Toxic Person Proof podcast and think, gosh, there's really something different about this. There's something different about what Sarah's saying. 
Good, because there's so many people talking about narcissism and talking about understanding toxic relationships and too few people talking about building an amazing life after a toxic person encounter. Finding love, finding joy, finding that new career, finding a great relationship with your kids, finding yourself, finding your confidence. So if you love what you hear, then you would probably love the Wondrous Woman program, which is a program that I run to help people reconnect with what's right with them, become toxic person proof, and go on to design lives they're excited about living. So go to my website, sarahkramsey.com. Check out the tab on programs to find out more and then sign up for a call to see if the Toxic Person Proof Program and the Wondrous Woman Program is right for you. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know that there was something that you can take away to help you get past the past, get real about the present, or get serious about your future. And if I did my job, then hopefully it will help you with all three. If you are not in my Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship, then consider this your personal invitation from me. I'm there live. There's tons of support. And most importantly, tons more information to help you on your journey to become toxic person proof.